Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season 11, episode 8 of Seventh Heaven. The title is, And I'll Take the Low Road. The IMDb user synopsis is, At home, Kevin has a hard time teaching the twins pets like their hamsters are for life when they want to dump them on him. Lucy ultimately finds out their motive. They think Daddy needs help. Mother Annie is furious to learn in Edinburgh. Like Lucy earlier over the phone, selfish Ruthie has no interest in leaving her Scottish luxury life and privacy. Even plans a Swiss ski trip. But cardio-terminal dad, Eric, declares he's allowed to be selfish and orders her home. T-Bone is furious when a phone call from the girls gets his selfish mother on his trail. Live Kevin... Live, Ke- Live Kevin recognizes her as a whore he wants arrested, but she consents with Lucy's advice to neglected son Theodore, get him legally emancipated, i.e. early majority in a court procedure. Martin's mate Mac is back as best man for the wedding, but makes Sandy consider whether they're getting married for the right reason, love, not jealousy, an excuse to leave Daniel, etc. Okay, so I love... All, right, All number, of that. Um, but I love the, the uh, explanation of what it means to be legally emancipated. Like early early majority in a court procedure. But uh, what was your first impression? Um, so That good. Yeah, Ruthie sucks. Jane sucks. I like T-Bone, I think. Yeah, T-Bone, I said this while we yeah, were watching yeah. it. It's not my first impression, but... Like, you know, when I binged this two or three years ago, um, I really resented T-Bone because I was like, Martin and Ruthie are endgame. But I like him. Like, the actor is, like, not great, but he's, like, you know, I think he's a likable character, or more so at least than the other uh, two. Jane. Like, Margaret is just, like, furniture, but I mean... She's I don't, a like, relief almost. I don't, like, mind her, but I'm also just like, this is kind of stupid. Um... And I really have to say, I think earlier in the season they were trying to include Martin and Sandy more in the main storylines, but now it just feels like they're on a completely different show. And, right, you know, yeah. And it's, like, not... I don't, like, I know... Just focus on who's left. You don't need to add them into this. This is like the last seasons of Glee, when they get all separated. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm sad that I know what that means. I know. Yeah. So, well. Okay, so we'll get started with the cold open, which is actually, uh, I feel like we haven't had a cold open like this in a while, which introduces every single storyline. And it was long. Yeah. We usually have, like, one scene in the cold open, I feel like, for the past, yeah. uh, for this, at least for this season. Um, I forget how it starts. Does it start Sandy. with the hamsters? No, it's oh, with it starts with Sandy. Oh, actually, I wrote that down. I won't tell you what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Sandy is practicing her breakup speech with Daniel to her baby, Aaron, um, we're like supposed to be, we, it zooms out. So we're tricked to believe that she's actually talking to Daniel, but she's talking to her son. Um, so she's going to break up with him because she's marrying Martin. Um, and that, because that's what happening now. Um, the second storyline is, um, that's introduced in the cold open is that the twins want to give up the hamsters because they don't want to take care of them anymore because they are boring. Um, third thing is that T-Bone is gone. He's, like, 
put in a letter of resignation uh, or something uh, who, that he's given to Margaret and Jane, who've given it to... He's out of the Camden house. Nobody yeah. knows where he is. The Camp Casa. Excuse um, me. And they, he's leaving because Jane, like, found his mother and his mother's coming. Um, Jane is getting... is finishing up her storyline in that she's getting divorced. And they are... All three of them, T-Bone, Jane, and Margaret, um, are going to... are think that they need to leave because the Rev is sick and they need to go away um, and, like, not be a burden anymore. And the last thing we see in the cold open is Annie is in Scotland, although it's obviously not real Scotland. Um, And Annie and Ruthie are going to spend some girl time together while her dad, like, sleeps over, sleeps the layover or what. I know, what is it? What Uh, is it? Jet lag. Jet lag, that's it. Sleeps jet lag, but you're supposed to stay awake. When you go that way, mm. but anyway, um, so that's everything, and that's our okay. Life. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, um, I think yeah, we're gonna start with Sandy's deal. So I don't know when this happened. Like she's like not even broken up with Daniel, but she's like, oh well, I'm marrying Martin, and it seems imminent. Like they're like, we gotta get married soon, and that was. I know they discussed this. What was the whole thing? We're like, th- like they were like trying to, to get it's to get rid of Daniel. She's like, I will, I will marry someone else. Which again, there are other ways to break up with someone. You don't need to like go get married to someone else. And for some reason, Mac found out where Sandy lives. Or and oh wait, no, Martin. Ma- Mac appears at the door and he's like, Hi, we've never met. I'm Martin's friend, former best friend, former best friend, and he invited me here. Um, so I'm just like, but that's who I am, and. Martin invited me to your apartment to meet him, even though he's not here right now. So they get to talking, and Mac is just like, um, I don't know. like He calls or- it. He calls it out. He goes, you are getting married to Martin because you need a reason to break up with Daniel, and you just don't want to break up with him. But prior to that, he also asks Sandy if their marriage is going to be conjugal, and that is just weird, and I don't. Like what? And Sandy is like, like, well, she's like alarmed, but she's also like, I hadn't thought about it. It's like, you're, what are you talking about? You're about to marry this person who you've already had sex with one time, and you haven't thought about what's going to happen when you you're get married. married. And then they're talking about how they're like going to live in different. I think this is what Mac Mac is kind of yeah. probing, and he's like, because he, he's like Martin isn't going to want to leave where he's at school, and you are in school, so like, you're not going to like move in together because like you both have lives independent of each other that you want to continue continue to live. So he was like, Oh, you know, you're going to live separately. And Sandy's like, people do it. Married people do it. And he's like, "Eh." so Mac is just kind of like, why you don't really want to marry each other. So why are you going to, well, like he knows why, but he's like, this is the wrong reason to marry someone. Um, and yeah, eventually it gets caught. It just gets, it gets called off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin shows up. And he's like, you're there. Like, he's in a tux, and he's kind of in, like, a white dress sort of situation. He's like, we're not actually getting married right now, are we? And, yeah, it gets, they, you know, she gets to break up with Daniel, and she doesn't have to marry somebody else to do it. Everybody wins. This is actually, I feel like, I know that this is a second parter of a two-part episode, but this specific storyline is basically three episodes long, because um, three episodes ago is when, I think it was the Rev or Lucy or somebody was picking up the phone, Uh, talking to Sandy and Sandy's like he's not realizing that I want to break up with him like I don't know what to do and she's like you just need to make it more obvious that you don't want like just be more straightforward so marry someone else so so her logic is oh the best way to do that is clearly marry the best way to make it clear that we're not dating is to marry someone else and I'm like really 
Um, I'm glad that they uh, they they actually went this route and they didn't just like put Sandy and Martin together out of nowhere just like to like finish this out for some reason. I don't think they should be there in the first place, but whatever. I mean, also this happens on TV a lot, um, but like it's really prevalent in Seventh Heaven, um, and it has never ever ever happened to me in real life where people drop by without first like like people have never no one's ever just like dropped by my apartment and been like. Hey, just wanted to see if you were home. I was like in the neighborhood. Like that doesn't happen, but it constantly happens on Seventh Heaven because I was like, really, Sandy could have like ghosted Daniel, but I'm like, because it's Seventh Heaven, he would be like, hey, you're not answering my phone calls, so now I'm at your apartment. Like, I think the issue is that Seventh Heaven started as a show in the '90s when people would do that on television a lot, like because that would be the plot device, right? Right, but I still don't think it ever happened in real life. I think maybe it might have. Like, I was alive in the '90s, and I know you were alive in the '90s, but I mean, but I think it tra- it transitioned into a show into the early 2000s where that. Doesn't well, happen. It still happens on TV now, in, in TV shows, and I know it's like a plot device, and it, like that, but it just doesn't happen in real life. Which that um, maybe it does. It. If you've ever just had somebody drop by your house or apartment with like just like I've unexpectedly, had, I've. I mean, yes, that has happened. Okay, anyway, um, so uh, the next storyline we're going to talk Not about... Not family members, if you're going to be like, oh, like, you know... Cause yeah, like, like, I have... Like, I've, your cousin, I, like, yeah. yeah, like, drops by, but that's, like, different if you have, like, a family, like, in the immediate area that you live in. Yeah. A little different. A little different. Um, okay, so the next storyline we're going to talk about is kind of a co- conglomeration of, like, a bunch of things that are, that are like, kind of interconnected. It's basically everything that's happening in Glen Oak. We are outside of Glen Oak for Sandy, and we're outside of Glen Oak for Ruthie, but everything else is happening in Glen Oak. So, okay. And I've, it's all characters that we don't care about. about. It's yeah. T-Bone, Jane. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess Lucy and Kevin are there, and, like, they're, like, kind but of anchoring. But they're supporting. Like, they're a supporting yeah. cast in this. But, like, yeah, they're the anchor to Glen yeah. Oak, but it's, like, they're not actually taking the... They are not the... The, like the people we care about. So very quickly, Jane. We were introduced to the back of Jane's husband head. Jane's husband's head in the last episode. They are getting a divorce. Jane in a and so her thing in this episode is getting divorced from her husband. Um, but her thing is she's pissed off that T Bone told Lucy and Kevin about the fact that this husband exists. But she like she had to get divorced anyway, yeah. but, because she wasn't going to stay married to him. But and, also, I just want to like I. Well, this is like a clarifying question. That at a certain point, she's having a conversation with Kevin, and like she's gonna get divorced. Whatever everybody knows that, and it seems like Kevin was like trying to like get her to not get divorced. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. "You made a commitment to the United States Army," and I'm like, "No, nah, she didn't." But also, let her get divorced. She married this guy for like all also, the wrong like, reasons, yeah, and also like let him be free. Like that's yeah. gonna be so shitty on him. In, like, a battle zone to be, like... Well, and also, they don't want to be married to each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. So like, Although, I think Kevin's whole thing is maybe he wants to be married to her and she doesn't want to be married to him. Because we do find out later in the episode that he doesn't show up to get divorced. Yeah, so... So, in an effort to kind of get back at T-Bone, she kind of goes to the extreme, which is why I don't like her character at all. So, yeah, she calls... T- well, I think... Did we say this? Yeah, she calls yeah. T-Bone... She somehow tracks down T-Bone's mom. Oh, who lives she's in, in the Las I Vegas. I know where... Yeah, she's been... So, yeah, she, so T-Bone's mom is in, is in Vegas, and uh, Jane found her because there's, like, the new resident registry of Las Vegas, and she's like... 
and his mother was in there because she's a new resident. And I'm like, where the hell is this public <laughs> record? It's, you know, they, where they, you know, when new when new people move into Vegas, there's like a decree. And how long does the registry like? How, what are you? When are you considered new? For how long are you considered new? Do you get like, off the registry? Do they like issue the registry like quarterly? Yeah. So like you know, <laughs> what, how does so it many work? questions. Yeah, if you know anything about the Las Vegas new resident registry, please contact us. So her like her logic here is that. Well, we're going to have to leave the Camden house soon because the Rev is dying. So I wanted to figure out like where, where you could go next, T-Bone, because I care about you. But really, it's because she wants to turn T-Bone's life upside down. And it's a really shitty fucking move. Previously, where are we supposed to think T-Bone's mom is or doing? Because, like, did he tell anyone? Like, yeah, he did. He told the Rev that, about, like, that his mom, she, like, yeah. left. She just didn't want to be a parent anymore, and she left. So I don't understand why she would even come back. Like, if I'm Jane, I'm, like, probably, like, I'll reach out to her. But if I'm T-Bone's mom and that's actually the case, which it is, I'd be like, okay, why are you calling me? Yeah. Screw you. I'm in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, her, his mom's name is Jeannie. We kind so... He is. He doesn't want to be found by his mother, so he's not at the Camden house anymore. Lucy finds him, um, and we find out that Jeannie is an escort, um, and that wait a whore according to our our yes, uh, um, but yeah, she's in the escort business. So I mean, like she's a sex worker in some capacity, I guess, mm-hmm. and that um, she doesn't like being called mom because she didn't like that she had a kid and. She's called Jeannie, and she wanted to go to Las Vegas because she thought she'd get more work there, um, and didn't and like didn't want to have him come along. So he just le- she just left him there. But when she's there, she gives this fake story to Lucy and Kevin about how she's actually like a real estate what she a say? hotel management. Yeah, a hotel, yeah, yeah. because. Um, yeah, she's like, I had to leave for work, and they're like, and your work is? She's like, I'm in the hotel business, and I think that it's supposed to be, like, because then Kevin, like, yeah. clarifies, so I think he's like, oh, yes, you do a lot of work in hotels, but, um, and she's like, hotel management, and she makes up this whole bullshit story, and she's like, you know, I figured that, you know, I would, like, T-Bone didn't want to come with me, so I figured, like, the rent would, you know, you know, he would get evicted, and basically he'd be coming to live with me eventually, so, like, you know, he was being stubborn. Which is bullshit. He's a teenager, and you're just going to leave him? I know, and she's like, he was being stubborn, and he wouldn't move, and I'm like, yeah, but he's your, you are his guardian, like, his legal guardian, so you can tell him that he has to go with you. Also, so she's like, and then I couldn't reach him because he doesn't have a cell phone. It's like, because you didn't give him one? I he's 16 years old, and he works at the movie theater, and he has nowhere to live. Like, he doesn't have money for a cell phone. So, yeah, so that, and so basically, like, Lucy and Kevin are like, um, this is kind of weird, but... Well, also Kevin re- recognizes oh, her. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yeah, Kevin, um, she recognizes Kevin, and, then she, she, and he was like, you might, yeah, he was like, I used to be a police officer, and yeah, as the synopsis said, he arrested her once, um, for her trade, uh, so... Anyway, at the end of the day, Lucy, because, like, T-Bone, like, before his mother came and spread all these lies, Lucy was like, you don't need to, you know, your mother, you know, doesn't, you don't need to, like, deal with her anymore if you don't want to. And she's like, you are old enough that, like, a court would probably emancipate you if you demonstrated, like, all of the stuff you told me. So then Lucy basically said, like, they get Jeannie or whatever to crack, and, like, Lucy's like, hey, if you don't want this responsibility, that's fine, but you need to... Like, Let he wants go. to live his yeah. own life, so, like, you can basically just, like, support his emancipation, and then it will be quicker, and you don't need to worry about him anymore, and everybody leaves happy. So, T-Bone is getting emancipated, I guess. Yeah, we think uh, that's what's happening. 
Yeah, so good for T-Bone. The side plot in this whole thing is we delve deeper into the Margaret-Jane friendship. <clears throat> Which is stupid, and so, I don't care about it. Jane's getting, like, shit from a lot of people because she's really wrong. In Terrible. The, ter- oh. In, like, the majority of this episode. And Kevin and T-Bone are like, Margaret, what do you think about Jane's actions? And Margaret, like, the whole their whole thing is she has no opinions. Jane's the one that's, that talks. But Margaret kind of blows up on Jane like it, like towards the climax of the episode and we get her talking for the most amount of time consecutively ever and there's a connection to her mother and there's trauma there but because the storyline doesn't matter to us and it doesn't grab our attention we um, really didn't pay attention yeah to and just like real quick plot point in the middle like i don't know they're having some sort of argument at the promenade or whatever mm-hmm. and jane yells like as loud as possible that like Either, like, Reverend Camden is going to die or Reverend Camden is, like, so, so sick. So now all of Glen Oak knows, and this is, like, a side plot yeah. where, like, Lucy is at home and she keeps getting all these phone calls from concerned people and she's, like, somebody told, like, everyone in Glen Oak that the Rev is, like, sick and, like, they're, like, there we have family members who don't even know yet. Um, and Lucy's, like, who could have done this? And they're, like, no, it couldn't have been Ruthie. And, like, it obviously wasn't. What did Ruthie do? Call? Ruthie's calling people from Scotland to be like, yo, I'm starting to, like, let's get the Glen Oak rumor mill going before I even come back from Scotland. Yeah, so they, like, have a, I guess this will come to light, but they, like, it, the last we see of, like, Lucy and Kevin, they're just, like, in the kitchen looking at mm-hmm. each other, like, who could have done this? And it's, like, I guess that'll become a plot point at some point where they're, like, Jane, you're an asshole. Why did you, like... I guess everybody an, finding out. Yeah. So that that's where that's at. But everybody in Glen Oak knows, and like like I said, like family, they haven't even told some family members yet. Most of the family doesn't know yet. Like, yeah, so whatever. The, Kevin is also involved in the side plot with the twins because, of course, while the Cam parents are in Scotland, uh, Lucy and Kevin are babysitting the twins. Um, and as we said, cold open, they want to get rid of the hamsters. This there's a parallel drawn to t- t- the storyline with T Bone and his mom about like you assume this responsibility and like these are living things and you can't just like you know he's basically like you need to think of it as like if your parents abandoned you and they were like our parents did abandon us they're in Scotland and then I don't know there's also this parallel to the re- oh so basically I think the twins are like we need to get rid of the hamsters because the rev is sick and that's like their whole logic and there's also a parallel to the last storyline, which is when Lucy kind of convinces them to keep the hamsters. She's like, you're a Camden, and Camdens do the right thing. We've been taught to do the right thing from the like day we were born. Oh, and there's all this bullshit, like, way that people should live their lives, kind of influence of, like, Brenda Hampton telling everyone how to be a good person by her book. And that connection connects to the fact that Ruthie's really having a hard time doing the right thing and making the right decision for her family and not being a selfish fucking bitch. Um, yeah, so I think the first... Well, we see Annie, you know, she shows yeah. up. Ruthie's, like, an asshole. Then I think the next scene is Ruthie's on the phone with Lucy, and yep. she's like, I can't believe they're here. I can't believe they're doing this to me. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I was going to go to the pub with all the Americans, and we are going to have a party, and it was going to be great. Like, there's a pub where the owner knows me, and, and it's great. And then she's like, and then we were going to go skiing in Switzerland, and Lucy's like, number one, you don't even ski. And she's like, just get over yourself. She's like, you, you know, you've been there long enough. You didn't do all this shit, you know, for the months you've been there. And she's like, you, you got to, like, listen to our parents and come home. And then Lucy's kind of like, you know what, I can't believe that Kevin and I, or, like, mostly Ke- Kevin, like, kind of financed this. 
And now we're like, I mean, I'm just like, why doesn't someone just stop giving her money? That's, and what, he, she, that's what the, yeah. yeah. So, so she's like, I can't believe you're acting like this. Um, I can't believe we gave you the money for this and this is what you've become. So basically she's like, you're coming home because no one's going to be paying for you to be there anymore and that's how we're going to put an end to this. You can fight us all you want, but you don't have any money. So, um, it's, and then like the Rev wants to have dinner one-on-one with Ruthie. So Lucy does do a little, like, I don't think ever, cause, cause Ruthie acknowledges, she's like, I know this is about like dad's heart problems, whatever. And I think that it's like this, the severity of it is like not hitting Ruthie because like she says, she's like, dad will always have heart problems. And Annie was like, Scotland will always be here. Um, but maybe your dad but, won't. But I think, you know, to go back to, like, you know, Ruthie's like, he'll always have heart problems. It's like, her whole life he's been dealing with this illness pretty much. Like, it was, like, season three or whatever when he had the, the mm-hmm. heart attack. So, like, you know, most of Ruthie's, like, childhood has been spent with, like, you know, knowing the Rev has this illness. So, again, I think when you're, like, a teenager or a child, it's just like, oh, he's living with this, but, like, nothing bad has happened yet. So she's not really recognizing that, like, this time it's, like, really, there's, like, a timeline on, like, how long he will be alive sort of thing. So anyway, the Rev wants to go to dinner with her, and Lucy is like, you should probably go to, like, the pub where the owner knows you, and I think that's, like, Lucy's attempt to be, like, you want to be somewhere where you're, like, comfortable because you're going to get some bad news, yeah. so whatever. Um, so the one thing that I didn't, like, I I think we're supposed to understand, and, I, I, like, Aaron put it the right way, like, that's, our, that's Ruthie's point of view, and we get that, but the way that she continues on about it is kind of ridiculous. She tries to parallel her time in Scotland as a study abroad high school student to Matt and his family and his job, like, like life as a doctor, to Mary and her family and to Simon and his, like, time at college. Because she's trying to... She's like, I'm the only one being mandated home and nobody else has to go home. And I'm like, all right, because those, like, Matt and Mary have, like, families and they can't, you know, it's not that they don't care, but you are a high school student yeah. and you sh- can be home and you should be home and like your f- family wants that's where they want you and like again like you're a minor and those people are adults and like they have that like Matt's not going to move his whole family into the camp like the camp casa because his dad's sick like that's so like the what i find interesting about this is the way that the Brenda Hampton could have done this could have been a bit like crazier but they do the whole thing about parents not making good decisions for their children and ch- the children doing something about it as in getting emancipated in the form of T-Bone, T-Bone and Jeannie. But I thought the whole thing with, like, Ruthie not making decisions for herself could turn, you know, could be a turn on that as well in that Ruthie would be like, well, then I want to get emancipated if you're making these decisions for me and making me leave. And well, I thought that would have to been, go back to the United you know, States I and know, do that. <laughs> but I mean, like, it would have been an interesting twist to, like, follow that thread. But they kind of did the reverse of it, where we have a parent here who's actually making what is per- supposed to be perceived to be the right decision for his child, and the child's just being a child about it. Yeah. Um, but so, anyway, yeah, she makes it, the right decision. Yeah, well, like, basically, the Reverend Annie were like, you're coming with us, whether you like it or not. And she kind of just comes to accept it, and she's apprised of you know, what's going on with the Rev's health and the severity of it. So, I mean, she's still not wild. Like, she still doesn't want to leave, but she's like, this is what's happening now. Like, so they that's how that kind of ends. They're just like, okay, going back home. Um, and that's really the episode. So I think this... I, I'm going to say that this kind of ends the first kind of chapter of the season. Uh, I feel like we're, what, like a third of the way through now? Yes. Uh, so- What's 22? 
divided by three. Well, twenty-one divided by three, three is seven. seven so. <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, there. we're we're yeah we're a little bit over a third of the way through. So I'm thinking that like because having Ruthie back is going to change the dynamic of the show now. Um, and having all of them in one location will probably change the dynamic of the show. But I, pre- I feel like I mean we're still not done. getting you know our Matt, and well, Mary, obviously. and Simon. And I think like I feel like a cameo by Simon wouldn't have killed them. Like in even this having a phone season. call. But I think it. I think obviously it was a thing with David Gallagher where he was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Like we thought this was over. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Oh, and also they weren't getting paid. Like as I said, or, or like in a previous episode, their salaries went way down because this is now the CW and they did not have this like the budget that the. WB had so mm-hmm. and also the CW at this point was moving more towards like we're doing youngish audience things and 7th Heaven did not fit into that mold and yeah it's supposed to be like a family show yeah and well this came from the there was because the CW was created out of the merger of the WB and UPN and only two shows made it from the respective networks and this was the one that for the WB show and Veronica Mars had one season on the CW uh and that was from UPN so Fun facts about the CW. One Tree Hill made it from oh, WB it? to a, a couple, a few shows did. Made oh, all right, it. I thought that for some reason I think it's because I read the like longest running bullshit. I thought that only uh, this made it, but when did yeah, it was like two thousand six? Because One Tree yeah. Hill started in two thousand three. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I was in high school. I was not ending high school when it started. I was in high school. Wow. Well, that show was on forever. Okay. <laughs> well. Um, okay, right, so that's the episode. What would you rate it? Uh, like a 2.5. Let's see what I rated the last I'm gonna one. I'm going to start doing, like, weird decimal, like a 2.3. <laughs> 2.63. Uh, yes. Um, uh, I think I'll give it a 2. I don't know. I really don't like Jane. I hope they do something about her character. I think, like, the whole f- abrasive, like... I guess I, I think they're supposed to be like she's a street kid, you know. But it's, she's hard, and I'm like, no, no. Um, okay, uh, so if you want to check out, oh, we can like if you want to see what Sandy and Martin getting married, and ma- you want to see the return of Mac, <laughs> return of the Mac. Um, you can check us out on facebook.com slash camdencast our handle on twitter and instagram is at camdencastshow so follow us on there give us a few likes or retweets or re- I don't know what we do um, you can I retweeted my personal account <laughs> um, you can email us if you want to talk to us for a bit longer camdencast at gmail.com and uh, we have new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday um, on Stitcher on the Apple iTunes podcast app and on soundcloud.com slash Camden Cast. I'm Tandy. I'm Erin. This is Camden Cast. Bye.